I am now joined by Sandra Smith, who is the co-author of the book called It's My Time, Reclaim Your Dreams and Master Your Health, Wealth and Freedom. She also has a coaching company called Mind Soul Support. Welcome, Sandra, to the Black Book Show. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Greetings and thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Um, so as you said, my name is Sandra, Sandra Smith. Um, I'm currently sitting in Jamaica, um, looking at the sea and I'm in Port Antonio. So it's hot at the moment. And I had made a decision to leave the UK and look after and live with um, my mother, who has recently departed. But it was a decision that if someone asked me, would I do it again? A hundred percent, I'd do it again. So in the past, I grew up and lived in the UK, worked in the civil service um, and wasn't entirely happy with my lot in life, but still happy with my lot in life. Um, so I've done many things in terms of coaching which is why I um, do that now more so than working in the civil service, as well as mentoring, um, as well as um, writing. Well, the writing part is the, what we're going to focus on now, because as I mentioned earlier, you are co-author of the book called It's My Time, Reclaim Your Dreams and Master Your Health, Wealth and Freedom. Um, now, I know there's other authors, um, and it's an anthology book. So what I want you to do first is to give a general overview of the book um, and then tell us about your specific chapter. Okay. So it was an opportunity that I had um, to be part of an anthology with Les Brown, the world-renowned author, speaker, television and radio personality, and James McNeil, the author of Pure Spiritual Intelligence, the founder of Dream Life Community. And in terms of authors, um, other authors, there were 12 of us in total um, who are bringing, giving, we're reclaiming our dreams and we're aiming to give within our individual chapters an opportunity to master your health wealth and freedom so i'd hadn't thought i would ever write my story and my story's um in chap on chapter 12 and it's regarding coercive control a survival guide and within that I've been a, I've got a coach, a mentor in James McNeil, and it's through him and Les Brown that I had the opportunity of sharing my story um, with you, the listeners. So you mentioned coercive control. Now, many people may not be familiar with that term. So can you explain you know, what coercive control is. Okay. Um, so 
I I've lived it, but there will be many of others out there that will be living it as well. So it's an abuse. And it's recognizing the abuse that's not physical. So when we talk about coercive control, we're talking about a pattern of behavior that leaves those scars, but is just as damaging for the individual, whether they be um, female in my instance, or whether they be male in other instances. So it's, it's a relationship that isn't based on love as you and I may have known it. It's based on um, other behaviors, which in effect um, leave the other person in a state of fear, a state of anxiety, a state of stress, a state of, um, they don't know, and I didn't know whether or not I was coming or going. And in the past, we hear the nursery rhyme. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you. And I know growing up, I heard that as a nursery rhyme. But when I think about the relationship I was in, it was the words and the names that were the most damaging and to a point whereby I didn't know, I didn't trust myself and I didn't know myself. So as a terminology, it's a terminology that is within law within the UK but again, like you said, many people won't have known it, but we may be living that life. And this, my story will highlight what that life looked like for me. And it's whether or not as a reader, it, any of it resonates with you. Uh, I know you mentioned that a lot of what hurt you more was that the verbal abuse in the relationship um, what I want to know now is how you was able to overcome your situation and get into a better place. So because it was um, verbal, there were um, situations where I didn't understand at the time. So there, when I say situations, there were lots of red flags. And I talk about some of the red flags in the um, chapter and the chapter, there is a book that I'm currently writing that will give the other side of a more detail in relation to what life was like for me during that period. So in terms of getting out of it, it was, as they say, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And it seemed like it was a demand that at that time I felt strong enough in order to say no to. And even though it, as we say, the straw that breaks the camel's back, 
of all the other things when I should have walked away, could have walked away, wanted to walk away and didn't want to walk away, it was the final request for me to um, leave from London and go to um, the North to be with that person. And I did not want to be with that person. So if, if, I, if I talk about my story and talk about who I am, and this is what I would encourage individuals who are um, potentially in, or may not, you don't know what you don't know, but the one thing that we all have, intuition. And our intuition may come to us in different ways. And for me, it came via a number of red flags that I ignored which is why I say it's a straw that broke the camel's back, which is how I was able to leave that, and I'll put in quotes, relationship. Now, you mentioned a couple of times, you know, the the red flags. Um, would you be able to share with us, you know, maybe some of what the red flags were in the relationship? So, um, if... You are so for me. One of the red, the well, one of the first red flags, and it's um, interesting because I'm sitting here in Jamaica, and this is going to be where I'm sitting now is and was one of the red flags because I paid for the individual to come to Jamaica, um, and in paying for them to come to Jamaica, that was a red flag because they were working big enough independent enough to help and support themselves another red flag for me was um and i talk about it in the um chapter in the book in terms of the verbal abuse and what was said to me on a regular basis that stripped away my ability to stand up for myself, stand up for my family and those around me, whereby I became isolated and believed that thought process in terms of when you're in a new relationship, it's me and you against the world. And that's not how I grew up. That's not the family environment that I was familiar with. But it's a, an environment, a red flag, which I ad adopted and did nothing with. So one of the things about this chapter and the book in itself um, is you... For me, and I speak about it by way of the red flags and ignoring the red flags, I, I, in looking back, I realized I was that frog in water. And the water was being raised on a regular basis. But because it was being raised and it wasn't boiling water, I didn't jump out immediately. I became accustomed to the abuse and I speak about it in the chapter to the point whereby 
I accepted the abuse and didn't question the abuse because I didn't want the physical abuse that would have been piled on top of the verbal abuse that I was already exper experiencing. How long was the relationship? And also, you know, sometimes the people in the relationship, it starts, you know, all rosy, it's very romantic, a lot, most relationships at the start, um, but then in abusive relationships, so by no means I'm an expert, but from what I've heard and from, from people that have experienced it, um, you know, it, it sometimes it's right at the beginning, but sometimes and it gradually happens over time. So how long was the relationship and, you know, what? when did you start to realise that, you know, something is wrong here? So the red flags, I, I, I started to see and feel straight away and I ignored them. Um, and the relationship was a total of 18 months. And at the beginning of the relationship, like you say, when we're, and that's the thing about the book, it's coercive control. Control being the optimum word. So it's about one person exerting control over another and they start with the verbal, they start with, and it, it may go to physical, but it starts with the um, gaslighting. It starts with the verbal, it starts with taking control over your time, what you wear, who you see, who you communicate with to a point whereby within that short 18 month period, the family and friends and extensive family and friends that I had around me um, disappeared because it was me and you against the world. And that's a dangerous space to be in if the person that you are with, who you think is and does love you and want to build a relationship with you, all that they're interested in is the mental abuse, the psychological abuse, and getting whatever they can out of you by way of um, assets, money. And that's for me within that 18 month period, um, yeah. I handed over large sums of money um, and I ended up at the end of the 18 month period, at the beginning of the 18 months, I had, I had a really good relationship with money. I could go where I wanted. I traveled to Jamaica, I traveled to Ghana, Kenya, um, Egypt. I had no problems with jumping on the plane and traveling because I had a, a, a job which I I wouldn't say I loved but it enabled me to live a lifestyle that I was comfortable with and I was doing things in terms of the coaching in terms of the learning the development the mentoring mediation I was doing all of that as part of my job um, and enjoying that element of my job and I was turning down credit cards because I was good in relation to money. By the end of the 18 months, I was 140,000 pounds worth of debt.
wow. plus credit cards, plus um, loans that have been taken out. So when we're using the, when I'm using the word coercive co coercive control, that was what the individual was after. The money. So it seems, you know, that you've been through a lot with that relationship because it's not only, you know, physical, the emotional abuse, because you know, the verbal and then the economic as well, because, you know, the, you just mentioned the financial loss that you also suffered. So it's a very personal, the particular chapter you've written in the book is very personal about your experience. Um, and how did you feel, you know, because a lot of people would be very well you still i would i'd imagine very emotional about this may not want to share it with the world because it's too emotional for them to go into and some things they want to keep private what made you you know have the kind of the guts and, and the bravery to really you know put this into um an anthology book like this so um i'd mentioned earlier on that um my coach and mentor james mcneil so as part of working with him for over a year, and one of the elements of working with him was forgiveness. So after the um, after that straw that broke the camel's back, I visited five, six lawyers, and it was a sixth lawyer who didn't look at me as if to say poor you didn't look at me as if to say um, that was a dumb thing to do didn't look at me as if to say well in order for you to for you to resolve this you're going to need to give him what he wants what he wanted at the time was the house which was mortgage free before I met him um and it was a sixth lawyer who joined the dots in relation to the coercive control and recognised that it was a legislation that was currently going through the UK system um, in 2015. So the question you ask is, why would I write my story? And for a good 18 months, I was sleeping with one eye open because he still had keys to the property. And I was told by the police that I must not um, provide, I mustn't lock him out because he's a joint, his name is on the deeds, the title deeds. Um, so I went through a lot in terms of that shame. How could I, Sandra Smith, bearing in mind I'd worked all my life, I had grown up in a household, mother and father, worked hard, gone to school, university, done everything that society says you, you, you should do for, in terms of a pattern, meet someone wanting to settle down. Again, society talks about um, having children, et cetera, et cetera. So doing everything that society says I should be doing and in making the decision when I made it, I got it so wrong. How could I get it so wrong? And like I said, going back to the um, working with James McNeil, there's an element within his program that talks about forgiveness. 
And it's only when I went through that forgiveness, and it wasn't the first time, it was going through that forgiveness process and that circle a number of times that I was able to see the person in question and my heart didn't skip a beat. I didn't hold my head down. I didn't avoid and move out of the space. I didn't cower in the corner because I'd forgiven them. And I'd spoken to my family and my friends who, because of the way he told the story, um, me and you against the world, they are worthless and they would laugh and etc. at me. None of them did. All of them, bar none, welcomed me back. And all of them, bar none, said they were just waiting for me to reach out because they recognized that I was keeping far. They recognized that I wasn't ringing them. They recognized I wasn't going to the functions, the family functions, the functions with the my girlfriends, the functions going out to dinner, going out to the parties, going out to rave, going out, just going out. They recognized I wasn't doing any of that. But all of them, like I said, bar none, well, welcomed me back and gave me the strength along with the forgiveness for me to write my story because I've done nothing wrong. There is nothing that I've done that I need to be ashamed about because I, I did not do to him what he did to me. I did not treat him as he treated me. And that's the key for me in terms of from a forgiveness point of view. Can I be in the same space as him and not feel ashamed, afraid, or um, start going through in my head and playing through in my head um, a coulda, shoulda, woulda song? This was a red flag. Why didn't I walk away? I don't do that. I don't. And something that um, James McNeil said, but I've heard others say um, in other contexts, there's no point me drinking poison and hoping that he's going to die. It Life doesn't work like that. So there's no point me hiding in the corner because he's getting on with his life. I paid him out for the house. He may or may not have spent the money. He may or may not be perfectly happy with somebody else. But to me, that's not my concern. My concern right now is my ability to come to Jamaica to look after my mother and to ensure and enable that she gets the best life that she can. You know, you have a, a coaching company, Mind, Soul and Support. I'm just mm. wondering if there's any um, possible link maybe in the chapter in your book, if if maybe now in terms of the coaching you do, or is that something separate? So that's um, what I do. That's not, it's not separate. So when I think about 
the words coercive, cohesive, coercive control. And I think about the impact that it has on individuals. And like I said, for me, I'm speaking about it from a woman's point of view. It happens in different parts of the world. So in the UK, we've got it as legislation. But in US, it's okay for that behavior within that relationship to be seen as normal. In Australia, in France, it's seen as normal. In Canada, they said that they would look at it. So there are women up and down the country who are seeing signs, but they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to turn to. And when I say seeing signs, um, the signs could be yelling, name-calling, spewing insults or otherwise ridiculing you, attempting to make you question your own sanity, which is called gaslighting, invading your privacy. So my past was my prep for my future. So coaching gives other women an opportunity to recognize that their past was their prep for their future. We don't have to stay in that state of mind. We can A, get out. We can get out with our sanity. And if it means we start again, the coaching can give you an opportunity of working out where to start because I'm a financial educator so I can talk to you in terms of from coaching in in about your finances but coaching gives you and for me I see as a a vehicle that women and or men can take on board and think I'm in a situation but I don't know how to get out or I've got out to a point, but I don't know what to do next. I've left the abusive relationship and I've got my children with me and I'm looking for a job, but I don't know what to do. So the coaching, will, I will work with um, my clients whereby they can, they, they can work through what their next step is, build their resilience build their self-confidence whereby they can um, know, like I said, their past is their past, but it does not define them. Well, we're coming to a conclusion of the interview. Um, before we wrap up, just tell, tell the listeners if you've got any brief final comments and then if you could mention again the name of that book, um, the where it's available to purchase, be purchased from, and then also tell us about if where people want to contact you regarding your support um, services that you offer as well. Okay, thanks. Um, so the book, it's there's an anthology. So you can purchase the anthology. It's my time. And that anthology is with Les Brown and James McNeil and 11 other amazing authors 
who will um, talk about um, how they have or how you can reclaim your dreams and master your health, wealth and freedom. So my chapter within that is called, I'm on, I've written a chapter, chapter 12, Coercive Control, Survival Guide. So you're recognizing and surviving abuse that's not physical. So that book is a number one best-selling Amazon um, author, and it can be um, purchased from Amazon. So my single chapter can also be purchased from Amazon. And the chapter is called, and the book is called um, Coercive Control Survival Guide. So the anthology and my chapter within the anthology is part one. So that's me having the courage to tell my story because there are a lot of women out there. And bearing in mind we've, just not so long come out of COVID, whereby we were encouraged to stay inside. There would have been signs up in the shops that said, um, if you're experiencing abuse, and sometimes we often think about the abuse that leaves the scars, but if you're experiencing abuse, you need to, you can contact and they provide various numbers. But coercive control, because it's a mental abuse, my chapter within the anthology is part one book the solo book that can be purchased from Amazon is part two and part three will be the full story that will provide the, a toolkit that the readers can use in order to ask the first question is this me Am I in a relationship that appears to um, display some of these behaviours? Are there red flags that I'm not um, looking at? Is there a conversation I can have, should have, will have with my partner? And if they, if the conversation cannot be had, that book, that third book, will provide the toolkit that will enable you to think about strategies for getting out and getting back onto your feet after you've got out, rebuilding your future and looking forward to your future without the fear of that individual who is part of your past. So with regards to, you know, what you do in terms of um, the coaching and the support that you offer, or people you know that are, are going through um the kind of abuse um coercive control um how can people you know get in contact with you regarding just mind soul support um is there a website or or how can they access it and your courses that you offer so there is a website and it's um support one word all lowercase but mindsoulsupport.com or you can contact me on sandra at mindsoulsupport.com so it's either the website www.mindsoulsupport.com or sandra at mindsoulsupport.com and within the website 
um, there are other um, things, offers. So I did speak about forgiveness and I spoke about the program in relation to with um, James McNeil. So I actually do a 30-day coaching journey. So you may feel that a one-on-one -on -one coaching is a bit intense. Um, so you'd prefer it if um, you'd just like to dip your feet in the water and you'd like to do it with others. Or you're not even sure with what it's all about. So you just like to dip your feet into the water. But the 30-day coaching journey gives you an opportunity because the foundation of that is looking at um, an element of forgiveness, looking at an element of your daily disciplines, looking at an element of some of us, we don't know what we want. And that 30-day journey gives you an opportunity to um, go deep into the forgiveness. So once you've gone through that forgiveness and you've looked at that forgiveness and you've prepared to look at the forgiveness and do the work, you can then start to delve into what do I want? What do I really, really want? And within that, we can start to peel the onion in relation to your future and how amazing that actually can be without, like I said, your past holding you back or you feeling ashamed or feeling that you're not worthy because those would have been words that would have been imprinted and constantly told you um, by your abuser and the abuse that they would have um, said to you. So, oh. no, sorry, continue. No, no, that's okay. What I wanted to say is now regarding uh, the coaching service and consultation that you offer for those that are abused. Um, now, we're in a digital age, and this is the Black Bookshop. We have listeners in America, in you know England, other parts of Europe, in Canada, Africa, the Caribbean, you know, um, different parts of the world. Um, can they also, um, you know, reach out to you to participate in, the, you know, the consultation or these courses? Are they done virtually? How are they done? So these are all done um, virtually. So one of the beauties of um, COVID is that it's given us an opportunity of using the media and accessing the media. So even though I'm in Jamaica and it's late afternoon, I know that in the UK and any clients that I have in the UK, it's coming up to the middle of the night. So I wouldn't necessarily have an appointment now with them. I would work with my clients in relation to establishing the best time to speak with them. But that's all done over Zoom. And it's a case of uh, meeting virtually. So the coaching journeys, that's done over Zoom. And it's an hour's um, um, it's an it's an hour's call, and it's at a time it's either morning, afternoon, or evening. Taken in consideration, we have our British Standard Time, we've got our um, Eastern Standard Time, we've got our Pacific Standard Time. So I recognise that, yeah, um, my clients are in different parts of the world. The nature of the coercive control is that it's legislation in the UK but it's only in the UK in different parts of the world like I said it's seen as 
acceptable behavior between consenting adults as long as there are no scars. Let's talk about the, you know, the age group. Um, and the reason why I want to talk about that, because I'm not sure if there's a pattern. There may be not. Um, you know, you're the expert. But regarding the people that do um, book onto your courses or consultations with you, do you find that it's normally women within a particular age? And then also, um, in terms of the woman that you you um you you deal with for your consultation and coaching, is it women of all ethnicities or is it mainly black women you're focusing on? So it's um women of all ethnicities. Um I will reach out and it's not only going to be black, the nature of the abuse and the abuser, they're gonna take advantage of women. So when we're thinking about the ages or the age, predominantly the women that I am working with are around the 35 to 55. But it doesn't necessarily mean that because you're younger, it won't happen, or because you're older, it hasn't happened. At times when we are older and we're in the relationship, because there's a lot of emotional abuse, you get to the point where you think it's a normal behavior. So as I'd read out earlier on in terms of some of the signs and some of the signs to look out for in terms of the shouting and the yelling, in terms of um, the gaslighting, in terms of um, the... Um, invading your privacy you may be a an older um woman in a relationship and thinking that you've forgotten that that behavior isn't actually normal my partner monitoring my phone calls telling me what to wear telling me who i can speak to discouraging me from making contact with my family and friends and you may have got to the point where you no longer, the friends that you knew when you went to school or when you grew up, they're no longer in your directory because of the life that you've been living for the last 20 years, the life that you've been living and you've, you're hanging in there because of the children. And the abuser takes advantage of that and will continue with the emotional and mental abuse for as long as they can. So mm -hmm. having, so in terms of the age range, like I said, they're, they're predominantly it's going to be your 35 to 55, but it doesn't discount women, black or white, different parts of the world, reaching out, using the, Directly via email, Sandra at mindsoulsupport.com or via the website and clicking on contact and reaching out to me that way. Just remind me of the website one more time. So the website is www.mindsoulsupport.com. You're listening to the Black Book Show with host McConan Sankofa. 
I'm here joined by Sandra Smith. She is the co-author of the book called It's My Time, Reclaim Your Dreams and Master Your Health, Wealth and Freedom, which is an Amazon bestseller, by the way. I didn't mention that earlier, but is an Amazon bestseller. Um, several co-authors in the book, including Les Brown and James McNeil. Um, and she also has a, uh, a coaching company called Mind Soul Support. We are coming to a conclusion uh, of the interview now. Before we go, Sandra, can you please uh, give us your closing comments? And then once again, tell us, remind us, uh, I even mean, I just did, but remind us again the title of the book and where that book can be purchased from. Okay. Um, so for me, my past, and I will encourage all those listening, your past is your prep for your amazing future it doesn't have to hold you back and in writing my story and sharing my story i i'm praying that it will touch other souls out there women and or men because i'm hearing sisters talking about their brothers who are in those types of relationship and feeling powerless and hearing sisters talking about their own relationships and feeling powerless within that but feel free reach out to me if anything that I've said has resonated with you if there are any of the signs and I can be contacted on www.mindsoulsupport.com or by email on sandra at mindsoulsupport.com so the book is an anthology um there are 11 other amazing authors it is a number one best-selling amazon um book yeah we got there within four hours so there's a lot of people in terms of the knowledge that's within the book there's a lot of people that found and used the knowledge and enjoyed the read. My chapter is chapter 12, titled Coercive Control Survival Guide, Recognizing and Surviving Abuse That's Not Physical. So the book can be purchased from Amazon. The anthology can be purchased from Amazon. My sole chapter can be purchased from Amazon and my chapter is titled Coercive Control Survival Guide but I'm going to be giving, writing my full story I'm going to be providing further detail in relation to um, my story in relation to the a toolkit that as a individual you can use in order to ensure then that when you come out of that relationship you can do so with your held head held high you can become and live the life that you were destined to live you can be the amazing person you are holding your head high all that time because you didn't do anything wrong. 
Well, thank you very much, Sandra Smith, for joining us on this episode of the Black Book Show. Thank you very much, McCohen, for inviting me, for giving me the opportunity of sharing and for giving the readers an opportunity of going out there and, yeah, if it's not for you, but talk, let's have that conversation because part of being in the situation where you are being abused mentally is that we're not talking. 